0: Which veteran linebacker could the Cowboys sign in free agency now that the NFL drafts is over? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked day. On. Locked.
1: locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys.
0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today,
1: sir? Doing well. Uh, I am... (laughs) <laughs> on pins and needles waiting for the uh, schedule release to drop. And I I did notice that uh, at least one of the uh, schedule uh, uh, leaking uh, uh, Twitter accounts mm-hmm. has revealed itself as being false. So uh, that was a nice little egg on the face of everybody that was following along closely to the schedule yeah, it was a Steeler release. fan
0: too that did it which explains a lot i think but yeah. uh yeah I, tonight is the uh nfl schedule release we're actually going to mm-hmm. post the show uh pretty quickly after that wraps up so be on the lookout for that in your podcast uh, feeds also on youtube it'll be out pretty quickly after the nfl schedule gets announced um are you excited for all of the videos that we're going to get from the social media teams
1: uh, you know, I, I do like the. So- I mean, honestly, the social media videos are the 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 only part that's worth looking forward to. All this uh, I, I like know, the
0: Amari Cooper ASMR one. That one was so good. I I miss it.
1: Yeah, I, I just you know I, I think that this is this is the the opportunity for the social media teams to shine. Really, do you think we'll?
0: I, here's my prediction: We'll get a uh-huh. Wordle uh announcement. Oh yeah, yeah. These,
1: right, that's the that's the hotness this year. So of course yeah, it'll be, be a some team is going to do a Wordle one. Uh, sure. We'll see.
0: Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get to your guys' Twitter questions. We haven't done this in a while, as we've been doing some UDFA breakdowns. But a, a lot of people, and I can, I can tell you why, want to know about Anthony Barr for the Cowboys. So Bill Barnwell at ESPN, uh, uh, he predicted 10 free agents that could potentially sign with teams over the next couple of weeks. Um, and he predicted Anthony Barr to sign with the Cowboys. And the reasoning makes sense, right? Uh, they have somebody in Micah Parsons that kind of does a lot of the same things. Why not get a former pro bowler pair him with George Edwards who worked with bar before. Is this something you would be interested in, man? Um,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess it depends on the price. I, I'm not looking to spend a lot of money on Anthony Barr at this point. You I, it'd know, probably because, be
0: close to veteran minimum. I would have to assume.
1: Yeah. If that's the case, then, then maybe so. I mean, I just like, there isn't a huge need. I do think you probably need one more linebacker, right? Um, somebody to kind of just come in and take some snaps, especially early in the season. Barr seems a little bit too name-ish for the guy we were considering, but maybe not. Maybe you, you bring him in and you know he can do a couple different things for you. Maybe he can kind of... Provide a little bit of pass rush, though. Frankly, you're kind of running out of numbers at this point for guys that can rush the passer. You can you, never you have don't to really... any of those guys. You can always I, I, yeah, spots I mean, things. I guess, but you are seriously running out of, of <laughs> yeah. rooms at the end at this point. Yeah. Um. But he yeah, be a I good think...
0: guy though to have for the first couple of weeks of the season, assuming Jabril Cox maybe maybe's not quite ready, or if you just don't want to have to, you know, force him into action. I could see it. I mean, Barrs played a million snaps over the last six or seven years
1: i do think like i said i do think that they need one more linebacker uh i I don't know that it needs to be on the kind of pedigree of of bar but if he's cheap you know and and he's something you can get out of like it once cox starts feeling better and maybe if a little bit later in the season you start getting positive reports about damon clark's timeline yeah i can see that i just it's it's like it's one of those things where uh I wouldn't be surprised if we got a little bit into training camp before that may have happened, you know, like get, get what some of these, see what some of these young guys can do up front and see where Cox is before kind of pulling the trigger on something like that. Cause you're just not in a huge rush.
0: Yeah, they're not in a rush, but let's also remember that the Cowboys had a lot of interest in Anthony Barr back in the 2014 draft. Like he was one of the guys that they were going to consider drafting, um, in the first round, should he fall to them? Uh, they, Rod Marinelli actually viewed him as a right defensive end. Yeah. Uh, Will McClay liked him because of the length and speed. He went to Minnesota at pick 12, something around there. And they turned him into a Sam linebacker, which is fine. I, I've always wondered what he could do as a more true pass rusher. And he's always been a really good pass rusher when they've allowed him to do that. But you just wonder a change in scenery with maybe, a. More new age defensive coordinator. Uh, what what he could be even at the age of thirty,
1: or maybe George Edwards puts him right back at playing same linebacker yeah. like he did in Minnesota. Who it's knows? Possible. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I do think he could have some value as a blitzer. Like he's
1: he's yeah. 6'5", 260, and he can still run. So why not? Yeah. Uh, he he's you know he, he's bigger, but he's a lesser version of what I mean. How you would deploy him? He's a lesser version than than Micah Parsons, yeah. right? So yeah, I could see the fit there just simply just to have another one of those players in your roster kind of play off of Micah a little bit. There's some value there.
0: Okay. Uh, Next question for Mike with the schedule being released today, what are some games you are looking forward to? Is there one that's kind of sticks out to you? Uh,
1: No, I mean, you know, like I, I think for me, it's, it's, it's the specifics. It's not like I'm looking forward to seeing when a certain game will fall on the schedule. It's, the combination of the player and when uh, the, the team that you're playing and, and when they're yeah. playing. That's interesting.
0: I mean, we, we know when they're going to play green Bay. We know when they're going to be hosting the Eagles. Other than that, I, I kind of would like to see when they're playing the Rams and Tampa Bay and the Bengals, you know, they've got some really tough opponents,
1: but other than that,
0: not really. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah.
1: The Rams game, maybe because I'm gonna uh, see if it's possible for uh, uh, me to sell off all my life savings to get a (laughs) ticket to go to the game. Uh, But or did just buy one for one of the Rams fans. It's definitely not going to go to the game. (laughs) Well, I mean, the the problem is the Cowboys fans that are here. (laughs) Like, there's too many Cowboys fans. That'll be the game that definitely sells out. I mean,
0: I'm thinking about maybe going to see the Cowboys uh, in Tennessee to face the Titans. My sister lives pretty close to. the
1: that stadium, maybe that would be a fun one. When was the last time you actually went to a Cowboys game? That would be never. I've actually never been to one. You've never been to a Cowboys no. game? That's amazing, Marcus. No. You definitely have. Guys, we got to start up a, a, a <laughs> go start GoFundMe. Get Marcus to a Cowboys game. Like, has yeah. it's it's gotta happen. The
0: only game that I was close to going to was the uh, the Buffalo game in two thousand eight the the Monday night football okay. game. Okay. Wow, uh, which, that was that, that was been a been game really fun almost stuff.
1: gone to. <laughs> Man, <laughs> yeah. what a game! Yeah, what yeah. A game. So yeah, well, I
0: I think we're gonna have to make it possible or we'll to have make to something that happen out. this year. Yeah, but we'll see for sure. Uh, all right, uh, let's take a quick break to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to uh, to stock up on all the parts that you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. So head to the website today to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right. Next question. Now this, is a, this is a really good one. Uh, this is one from Scott. If Jerry Jones could get a mulligan over the last 25 years, what decision, draft pick, or coaching decision would he
1: redo? Randy Moss. I think there's not even one, a set one that's close to a second, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I think he would have gone back and taken Randy Moss over uh, trying to keep Jimmy Johnson. I don't know that that's, I think that there's a, you know, a a misconception that that was all Jerry and that I don't think that was, I think that Jimmy very much wanted to leave. And and that's, so I don't, I don't view that as a Jerry Jones decision. That was, that was a mutual parting of ways.
0: Okay. I, I don't disagree with you on the Randy Moss one. Do you think, do you think he has any regrets about letting Sean Payton leave?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I, I wonder there's...
0: if that was that's one that he wishes he could redo. Because he saw Peyton leave, take the Saints job, and win a Super Bowl. As much as I love Randy Moss. I'm not sure Randy Moss with that version of the Cowboys does a lot. You know, I don't know if Chad Hutchinson and Quincy Carter could consistently get him the ball. But I, I think if you have Sean Peyton with Romo, man, I don't know. You, you wonder what the decade would have looked like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean – that that could have been i mean i think you could say the same thing with randy moss too but yeah i mean i think you know there there certainly were things like and i don't think that he's the only guy that he's kind of felt like he's let go too early like that i mean i think that he probably felt that way uh, i i know that he regrets firing um why can I never forget it? Remember his name? The, the coach of the early two thousands who is an of offensive mind. Anyways, I, I think there are what Galey. Yeah. Chan Gailey. I know he regretted feeling like he cut him too early. I think he cut, fired him after a 10, six season or something like that, where they'd, they'd just made the miss the playoffs or something. So, you know, I, I think that there have been other regrets. I just think that the one that like, when you ask me the one that I have the most reaction to is, yeah. is missing on Moss. Yeah. That's, that's a tough
0: one. Um, I also wonder if he just regrets not doing more during the Tony Romo era to try to win a Super Bowl, not going more all in, not trying to give him, you know, maybe a better offensive line early in his career. Um, I, 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 because he always talks about how that's, that is one of his biggest regrets that they didn't win a Super Bowl and that they didn't even get there. I, I wonder if they've regret not trying to do more during that time period that they had Romo. But I think those are all good ones. Next one from Jacob. Uh, and we haven't even talked about this, so this is a good question. He said the Titans move up to get Malik Willis because they thought Dallas was going to draft a quarterback. Do you think the Cowboys had any real interest in Malik Willis in the third round?
1: No, I don't. So uh, what do I you think, think happened here? I think that they fooled t- Tennessee <laughs> into not trading up ahead of them to so that they can get their guy. I, I don't I mean, I don't know. I I don't think. I have a hard th- that was the first and the only time we heard anything about yeah the Cowboys and Malik Willis. So now I, I will really say Mike McCarthy
0: does that. have a track record of drafting quarterbacks in the second, third, fourth round pretty frequently, even when you have an established veteran quarterback. However, we heard nothing during yeah, the nothing- entire draft process that they like
1: Malik Willis. Yeah, I mean, not even a little bit, like. You know, I mean, I feel like something would have come out. I mean, look, you know, again, the more we do this, the more I'm starting to know that maybe we shouldn't be trusting all of these voices that we're hearing. Like, because we also didn't hear anything about Jalen Tolbert. Uh, and You know, we didn't hear, but they clearly didn't just like pick him willy-nilly, they really liked him, you know. And well, what's funny
0: kind of is partying. we hear sometimes one way or the other. Like, we I mean, at what point did we kind of know Sam Williams was the guy they were zeroing in on in the second round? Like, because that marked
1: but that but that was because I mean, like again, that's because of uh our own investigation. Not not necessarily our own investigation, but but in evidence that's that's not I mean, like we can, this is, you, can you can actually know, like,
0: see. Yeah, Dan Quinn working him out. And Dan then you Quinn saw showed up business, in, at right? Ole
1: Miss and like was working them out. Like yeah. all it took was somebody seeing Dan Quinn being at Sam Williams' workout to kind of figure that out. The the rest of it we kind of have relied on you know inside sources and and whispers. But but as I've been saying for years now, the Cowboys know that we all listen to that stuff, yeah. and they feed those guys only what they want them to know. So. I think that there is a chance that I guess that this could have happened behind closed doors. I just – I, I just don't uh, first you of all funny? i don't buy it for willis because willis isn't that good of a quarterback i think he was drafted <laughs> appropriately and, and and i think this whole offseason of everyone talking about the quarterbacks being like this i mean we predicted it from the front right yeah. there are no for there were no first quarter cor, uh, first round quarterbacks in this draft class they all got artificially pushed up in the mm-hmm. draft process the difference is that they didn't get drafted that way this year. They didn't get drafted with yep. that artificial push up. They got drafted appropriately. So I have a hard time believing that the Cowboys were like that I mean like that level of interest in Malik Willis, especially with the Cal- with, with with Dak on the contract the way it is. You, you were only going to get him for like what? 2 years when you didn't have Dak under contract? Like mm-hmm. that doesn't even make any sense. Like right. if you're going to draft a quarterback to replace Dak, then have the balls to do it in the first round. So at least you get the fifth, you get the fifth year option there yeah. and you get extra yeah. years. I don't know. It didn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it didn't make any sense. And frankly, I don't think Willis is the type of quarterback that Mike McCarthy is looking for anyways. No, uh, I think, yeah. I, I mean, I think like if Desmond Ritter was that guy in the third round, I think maybe we're having a little bit of a different conversation, but I just don't think Malik Willis is the kind of quarterback they're looking for. Um, I will say, I think it's, And we we have a better idea of who the Cowboys are targeting in the early rounds, partly because of what we're hearing, but also because of what we see at pro days and all that kind of stuff. It seems like the Cowboys are way more secretive of who they like in the third and fourth round. Like those are the ranges where they might not bring in a guy for a visit like Jalen Tolbert because they don't want people to know their interest, right? I don't think Michael Gallup was a 30 visit when they drafted him. I kind of wonder uh, Osa. I don't think Osa was a guy that they had much pre-draft contact with i kind of think they're they're more protective of those guys than they are the first round but guys because i think everybody around the league kind of knows where everybody's going in round one
1: yeah and i was just gonna say like round one despite what we think is probably a lot more predictable for those for the guys in the nfl side right it's not a lot of drama some of the stuff may be drama you know dramatized by what happens on the day, like trades or that sort of thing. But I right. think for the most part, teams know who other teams want. And so the the real kind of hiding of the secret sauce is probably how you feel about your your mid-range board. And frankly, I mean the Cowboys should worry about that. I, I think that they've been one of the better teams about drafting in the middle rounds and they shouldn't, you know, kind of tip their hand there and and, and yeah. have you know teams like the Eagles that'd be willing to kind of j- jump up above them and steal their guys.
0: Uh, next question. This is a really, really good one. Um, it's from Zach. He wants to know, is this the first season that we see Tony Pollard with more all purpose yards or just yards from scrimmage than Ezekiel Elliott?
1: It could be. I mean, it, it, it you know, especially if they plan on adjusting his usage a little bit more. Um, so I, I just, it's last hard year. to say yes, for sure. But it certainly could be possible.
0: Last year, Zeke had twelve, almost thirteen hundred yards from scrimmage in seventeen games. Uh, he dealt with some injuries. Tony Pollard uh, missed some time as well, missed two games. He had over a thousand yards, so it was pretty close last year. What would need to happen for Pollard to have more yards than Zeke?
1: I mean, we're just talking total yards,
0: right? Total, yeah, just yards from scrimmage, because I mean, so, you counted kick return yards. He, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. In the last couple of years. Um, no, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, what, what you, you have to start with is, is a kind of a shift in his role, something kind of along the lines of what we have talked about, right, where he's, uh, he's getting more snaps, but not necessarily as the ball carrier, maybe as a receiver, getting more snaps in the slot, um, being part of uh, – actually being part of the wide receiver rotation. Um, I think that will give him more opportunities to, to get the ball. Uh, I also think it'll give him more opportunities to get the ball in explosive play situations, which obviously will rack up the yards. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, that, you know, combined with a similarly steady stream of carries that he's getting, um, that would probably be almost enough to kind of tip him over the tipping point. I I think that there may be, I think it would probably be, have to be two things. It'd have to be kind of a change in role a little bit, or a shift more towards wide receiver. And then on top of that, I think he would need to kind of take a, a slightly larger share of the percentage of carries as well. Yeah, I mean, Not not like larger than Zeke, but larger than what he had last year, right? Um, and, and I think if you increased his carry percentage a little bit and then also added in another, I don't know, like four to seven touches per game as a wide receiver, right? Like maybe that's too much even, but like something like that, uh, I think it would certainly be possible that he has more uh, yards from scrimmage than Zeke uh, by the end of the year.
0: So last year he averaged 48 rushing yards a game, which is pretty incredible consider- considering he averaged like eight ki- or eight rushing attempts per game. I don't know if he's going to be able to maintain that. That's a ridiculously high average, 5.5 yards per carry. But he averaged only two and a half receptions last year. I don't know if the Cowboys can justify only getting him two and a half receptions a game. I mean, with with Amari gone, with Cedric Wilson gone, it feels like he needs to have three to four catches every single game, whether that's from the slot, whether that's in the screen game. They've got to find more ways to get him the ball than having him just touch the ball like ten and a half times a game like we saw last year. I mean, I have to think that they will,
1: right? Yeah. I think that's got to be part of the reason that they felt like they could get rid of Cooper is that they wanted Lamb to get some more share of the catches. I'm sure Gallup will get a, a, a small percentage bump. But I also think that, again, they want to get people like Pollard more involved in the game because, uh, you know, Pollard has more ability after the catch than, you know, frankly, almost anybody on the team, uh, maybe not named C.D. Lamb. So. Uh, and even, even if Cooper was here, I, I would like Pollock, if you're if talking about who has the ball in their hands in the in the defensive secondary, I'd rather it be Pollard running with the ball than Cooper. So yeah. I, I think that there is, uh, uh, some hope there because I think, you know, the kind of what we've seen in the off season so far and the whispers we've heard, I think those two things seem to match up with what their off season plans are. What we need to see is how that plays out in special and the training camp and, and beyond.
0: Yeah, so Pollard averaged about seventy yards per game last year. Um, I, I think if he gets up into the eighties this year, I think he's going to have more yards and seek it. Just, I just do. We'll see. I agree. It'll be, be yeah. interesting to follow. Uh, all right, one more quick break to tell you guys about our partners at Bet Online, as they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, uh, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores. Fights and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Lena, one final question here from Oxnard Guy. Uh, hey, maybe this is somebody that you'll see this year at training camp. Yeah, uh, he yeah, wants sure. to know. Will Tyler Smith benefit from sliding inside to guard? How will the position switch affect his holding struggles? Will he flourish due to his natural power and physical traits? I actually saw uh, our guy, John Oning, say that um, he's a little bit worried about the transition to guard because things happen a little faster there. But what are your thoughts on
1: him moving to guard? John's right. And actually, John and I had a whole conversation during that whole thread about it too. And And I think if you're hoping that he's just going to get better with the same technique playing inside versus outside, that's not what, at least that's not what I have been trying to imply this whole time. I think the idea is that he needs to, he needs to improve his hand technique. And I think that he needs to get better, you know, X amount percent better immediately in order to kind of prevent, you know, uh, sort of an ongoing holding problem. I think the difference is, and, and John's right. Like things happen faster on the inside, Um, I think the difference is there's not a lot of room inside. So that helps with kind of his him being a big body uh, and just occupying the space inside. And And the other thing, too, is that I think it's physically harder for the refs to see holding inside. I think that's really the, that's really the, the what I was Depends trying on who to get you at. Ask.
0: Yeah. Ask Connor Williams. He would disagree with you, but in general, I would agree with
1: you. I think Connor Williams's problems would have been w- way worse on the outside, oh, as, yeah, at the prep, which is why they didn't ever move him back out there. Right. Like, Fair I point. mean, so uh, I think, you know, th- the problem that you see specifically, at least what I've seen from Tyler Smith is when one, uh, his hands are fired so badly that they get to the outside of his pad, uh, the pads, And he's just grabbing guys like that part just has to be fixed. Like being inside is not going to make you not do that unless like Mm -hmm. that's about hand targeting and placement. The other, the other thing that we saw a lot of is people getting inside of Tyler Smith's body because he didn't get his hands up. I mean, both, all of this stems from not getting his hands up quick enough, but the other part was people getting into his body quickly. The offensive, I'm sorry, the, the quarterback, either rolling it out of the pocket or moving around to the pocket, which changed the rush angle of the person who's coming at him. And then as the defender is trying to pull away from Tyler Smith to go into another direction, to pursue the quarterback Tyler grabbing him and not letting him get away. And then that kind of seeing the hands move away from the yeah, body yeah. while holding hold to the defender. That's a very easy call for, for, for people to call holding. Are they going to be fixed by being inside? It's not going to be fixed. It's just gonna be harder for the refs to see. The, the, Tyler Smith's got to fix X amount regardless of whether he's playing tackle or guard in order to fix the the, the holding situation I, I think what will happen what will help is that the learning curve or the curve that he needs in order to get to a certain spot where that won't be a problem won't be nearly as steep as it will be outside because he'll be just exposed and he will just it'll be easy to see I think he'll be able to take some lumps and still kind of learn the process of get, keeping his hands up getting his hands inside while hopefully kind of getting a, a little bit of, of uh, help from bad bad vision angles that the refs won't be able to see you know through the bodies to see the holding as well as if he's isolated with a wide nine rusher and he's you know yeah. trying to get outside and it's it's apparent so that's what i think i meant and and, and just more that it's not that he will f- being inside means his his problems aren't issues anymore it's just that as he's developing to fix the issues, uh, it won't be as, as easy to see, and hopefully he won't incur, incur as many holding calls while playing guard.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I hate keep, to keep mentioning this name, but I saw this happen with Alex Leatherwood last year with the Raiders. They drafted him to play right tackle. He had like seven holding calls in the first four games of the season, and they moved him to guard. I'm telling you, the player didn't change at all. He was the exact same guy it's just a lot harder to see holding calls inside, right? And you played a lot better because it's just a spot where if you're not getting penalties and you can just use some of your power and life, you can have a lot of success. So I think he'll be fine. I do. I and, I, I still think it's going to be sloppy at, at times. I, I would not be surprised if there's some games where it looks real rough.
1: And I will say that while you're waiting for that, that part to fix, you're going to have a guy who can move people off the line. I think that's the thing is that you're automatically getting an upgrade in, you know, somebody who's physically able to move defensive tackles off the line. And when you talk about, you know, what's what you've got in the rest of the NFC East a defensive tackle, I think it's, it's valuable to have another big, strong guy inside. I think they want to run the ball a lot, especially early in the season. And it probably, it probably makes sense for them
0: too, right? As you're waiting for Michael Gallup to kind of get back from his injury um, you're waiting to see what CD Lamb can do as a full-time number one receiver. You've got two running backs. You've got a pretty a young offensive line outside of two spots. It probably does make sense to try to run the ball a lot, play ball control, lean on your defense.
1: Jeez, I, I can't believe I'm saying this,
0: but I think this is—I think it's probably the smart strategy
1: early on in the season at least. Especially if you think you have a good defense. I mean, no one wants to hear it, but a run game in a complementary defense can get you – a lot of ways you know it, it can it can get you a really just far. don't get it's your quarterback
0: good. killed the first four weeks of the season right yeah. just survive until you get past that pre, extra preseason
1: that's right and there's no reason that you can't turn the passing game up as the season goes on and especially as, as some of your wide receivers get healthier so uh, yeah. and your and your rookie wide receiver gets more experience there's no reason to believe that they don't start out kind of with a maybe a heavier run mix as they kind of yeah. stabilize early on they get through some of these early games and then as the season goes on you start to see them accelerate the passing game a little bit more so
0: who will those early games be against i guess you're gonna have to find out tonight when we do our our next show how's that for a tease Atlanta? Nice
1: tease. Uh, yeah
0: so we'll be back later tonight to talk about the schedule talk about uh the potential win loss record i know you, some of you guys are really excited about that <laughs> do you remember what we predicted last year for win
1: totals I think I predicted 11 games,
0: right? I think I was at like 9 and 8. I was a little bit less than. Yeah. Optimistic. We
1: were close. We were like I mean saying we were close to each other. I don't yeah. I, I, and I don't know how close we were to the actual prediction, but I think we were actually pretty close to the prediction yeah. too cuz I thought I said 10 or 11 and you said
0: I think nine I said 9 ten. and
1: 8. Yeah, maybe that sounds right. Yeah. I
0: hate okay. I've I hate the 17 game schedule. It's awful. It's one of my least favorite things in the NFL is done forever cuz now I got to think about 10 and 7, 9 and 8. All of that kind of garbage. But uh, all right. Make sure you guys are following the podcast wherever you follow the podcast. You can check us out on YouTube. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys later tonight. Bye, everybody.